politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight for our life, liberty, property, and everything else that's important to you in life. If you're looking to do that, well, this is your one-stop shop. See our podcast here at Blaze Media. Daniel Hurwitz, your host, back in the house today, Thursday, February the 3rd. And there is no time like the present to fight for those things because the best time to kick evil is while it is down. Press your advantage. Do not allow them to strategically retreat so they could be in field goal position or even scoring position next time. First and goal at our one-yard line. No, we need to kick them off the field so they can never do this to us again. And that really is, in my mind, the most important message and strategy at this point. We need a knockdown, drag-out fight right now over COVID. People are like, well, yeah, the left is kind of done with it. The mayors and governors are gradually kind of like getting rid of the mask mandates. Yeah, we'll be over with. As we've noted, first of all, there's so much left that they're not even getting rid of. There's so much damage, unimaginable, physical, fiscal too, mental, emotional, our children, our health, our medical system is in tatters that rather than the FDA regulating Pfizer, Pfizer regulates the FDA. That needs to be dealt with. State sovereignty needs to be dealt with. We need a strategy to harness a national brinkmanship moment to finally force this issue. And it's actually better to do it right here, right now. Don't wait until it's until it's too late. Uh, you know, the fact that now the Democrats are kind of on the run, Republicans want to say, oh, yeah, yeah, let's let's move on. Let's let's move on from this issue. No. Now is when you're gonna fight it because now you have no excuses. You have no political excuses like, oh, I'm scared. Everyone just wants to do this because they're scared of dying. No one's scared anymore. Or, you know, oh, we didn't know. We didn't know. You can't say that anymore. Now that you know that all of this stuff failed, how dare you continue to push this, continue to pursue this. So we're going to get into that and more, what we could do state level, federal level. We'll start with the federal first. Uh, We don't have a guest today, so we will just try to catch up on some of the stories we missed. As always, we are giving you that 2020 vision you are missing in the phony conservative movement uh, echo chamber. You know, here we just focus on the truth. Uh, one way to get 2020 vision is getting your authentic German Rodenstock eyewear, the gold standard of eyewear for 144 years. They are now making Go Specs lenses, which I have, my wife has as well. Um, through their advanced algorithms, they are able to create more energy, no neck strain, strain and the ability to make you see 40% better go to betterspectacles.com slash conservative to schedule a teleoptical appointment just like i did you don't even have to leave your home by the way i'm sure the mass mandates in the medical field are going to be there for longer if not forever uh so so that way you could just go get your um prescription and then they're offering you 61 percent off go specs lenses plus free handcrafted runstock frames just visit betterspectacles.com slash conservative So, folks, I want to start off with a quote from our good buddy Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum. He wrote the following in The Great Reset, which was published just a few months after the 
pandemic, which is kind of funny. Well, what did he know that we didn't know? Well, obviously he knew a lot. Many of us are pondering when things will return to normal. The short response is never. Nothing will ever return to the broken sense of normalcy that prevailed prior to the crisis because the coronavirus pandemic marks a fundamental inflection point in our global trajectory. So as you all know, this had, this was planned out for many years. Um, we have so much more information on that. And it will continue, not just because they're going to do it with other pathogens and other uh, similar things, whether it's anthrax, whether it's, um, and we still don't know if they were behind the post 9-11 anthrax. It's kind of interesting too, there's a lot behind that. Or smallpox or who knows what else. They'll use a typical winter to say there's all sorts of mysterious stuff, either making it up or the, or it's real because they released it. Either way. This is a crime against humanity. And it needs to be dealt with. And we can't allow Republicans to walk away from it. Now, I would argue that Klaus Schwab d- didn't have to be proven right. We could have avoided that trajectory. But Republicans voted for the very bills and supported the very policies. And Trump led it. Trump and the Republican Senate, they voted for the trillion-dollar bills that encouraged, induced, and basically ratified the governor's shutdowns and underwrote it, funded it. When it was known that it was as evil, illogical, illegal, immoral, inhumane as it is today, it was known that same thing two years ago, almost two years ago. You know, maybe uh, we're about six months shy of it. We knew that. You go back to our articles, we were on target from day one. To me, my biggest concern is, I would almost rather this degree of tyranny go on a little longer to tick people off a little bit more to get a better resolution rather than allowing them to slip away to a tactical retreat because that's what they're trying to do. And the Republican Party, I could tell you, is more than happy to call that a victory and, and, and run away from it. But that's how you fulfill Klaus Schwab's dream of the, the, the best way to return to normal is redefining what normal is. See, they might get rid of most of the mandates Okay, but the culture is still going to continue. To this day, Pfizer is on the cusp of forcing the shots on the final group of people. And you might think, well, how could they succeed if everything's over with? Well, they've succeeded until now. Because they can't afford to leave a control group open. An entire demographic. Right now, there's only one tiny demographic left that's untouched by the shot. They can't afford that. Now, unlike the teenagers where the genocidal pediatricians, nearly 100% of them pushed it on their patients and created an insane generation-long myocarditis crisis and many other cardiovascular issues and other issues as well. Hopefully tomorrow we'll have a special guest pediatric cardiologist to talk about that. It's a lot worse than you think. So yeah, when it comes to the babies and toddlers, it might be... You know, rather than 100% of pediatricians, maybe 70% of them will push it. But that's a lot of people. You can't walk away from that. So action item number one is you need to write to your legislator and your governor and say, 
they need to put a moratorium and have the health department needs to get more data and information from Pfizer. Pfizer has to come and testify at the legislative committees, and we have to be satisfied with it before we allow approval in our states. The feds approve it. That's fine. But in this state, we're not approving it. And we will not make any space available for it to be distributed and be given out. That's action item number one. Okay, that is completely... You can't just tell me, oh, well, it's not forced. It's one step short of being forced. It was funded, marketed, created by our government. States have an obligation to interpose between that. If you knew they were marketing, handing out hemlock to babies, and, you know, they didn't force it, but every doctor is going to recommend it, would you just say, well, you know, you have your choice? No, from a public policy standpoint, you have an obligation to fight that, especially because it's all coming from the government. So Republicans are going to continue down this path. Now is the time, I just want you to know, where it's important to apply Mark Twain's admonishment about the scarce patriot. In the beginning of a change, the patriot is a scarce man and brave and hated and scorned. When his cause succeeds, the timid join him, for then it costs nothing to be a patriot. Those of us who scoffed at us, I'm talking about on the right, from day one, we were on target from day one on every last thing. And the only minor things that people like me got wrong were because we didn't realize early on enough how bad it was, how much of a bioweapon it was, how much it was created and it wasn't natural. But once we realized that, we were 100% on target here. Now, I don't mind converts to the cause, but if you're a true convert to the cause, you would join us in our action items, not be like, yeah, the masks are stupid, the lockdowns are stupid, and there's no real reason to mandate the shots, although they're amazing, amazing shots. That's kind of the Republican line at this point. No, that's not enough, because they're still pushing it on people. They need to be suspended completely. You know, that's an okay line that should have been given 12 months ago, based on what we knew. They're always a day late and a dollar short. But where is this all leading? Where is this all leading? Well, it's leading to a climax that I want to to hone in on that I think is really important. And that is a national budget fight leading up to February 18th. Okay? First, just a word from our sponsor today, uh, Patriot Academy. We've been going out on some of their constitutional defense courses. We're still working on a new venue, uh, where to go next for that. But they do a lot of other things. They have, um, they actually have a university for six months where they train people. A lot of different programs. One of the things I want to draw your attention to is their Constitution Coach Program. Uh, basically, what you do is uh, you sign up to be a Constitution Coach download their materials, and then you you could play their different uh, videos and their materials from Rick Green. You'll hear from historian David Barton. And you get 20, 30, 40 people in your neighborhood, and you get together, you learn the Constitution, you learn what's right, and this is a great way to start organizing cells to fight back mainly at a local level. I am going to talk about national for once, but mainly at a local level. Again, go to patriot.com. Sign up today to help restore or at least salvage some 
states from this constitutional republic. So until now, my, my, my buddy Chip Roy, congressman from Texas, you know, he's really been blowing up my phone a lot with uh, the need to fight the budget bill, the need to have a budget fight to shame every Republican senator into opposing the budget. Believe it or not, because they're even though it's not budget season, but they're working on a continuing resolution, and it expires February 18th. Okay, so we only have two weeks. Now, we, we now know that all of the mask and lockdown mandates and vaccine mandates were all pain and no gain. No one could deny that. Republicans are even starting to admit that, although not as much on the shots. But, you know, they all claim to oppose mandates. Well, right now, we have plenty of mandates. Okay, the courts chipped away at a few of them, but most of them are still in place. Just yesterday, the military announced they're kicking out, they're destroying the careers of the best soldiers for not getting a shot that is demonstrably causes more spread. We see that in Israel now, the highest case rate. Case rate. We're seeing that in the UK. An hour ago or so, they came out with their new data again. Um, it's spreading much quicker among the vaccinated. It's getting worse and worse and worse. How could we allow something like that to go on for a second? And then you get a budget bill that funds the DOD mandate, funds the contractor mandate, the federal workforce mandate, the CMS mandate. How do you allow that and fund it? Well, Daniel, they're not in power yet. Wait until the midterms. Not true. That's not true. You see, it takes 60 votes in the Senate to pass a budget under current rules, longstanding rules. Democrats only have 51 with the VP. That means they need nine. Actually, technically, they need 10 senators because I don't think the, yeah, to my knowledge, I mean, the VP doesn't break a cloture vote. It's a, it's a you know, 50-vote tie that they break. So the, that's a constitutional function. So technically, they actually need 10 Republican senators. So you say, okay, they'll get Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, okay, Mitt Romney maybe. But, I mean, they shouldn't be able to get to 10. If we had a functioning conservative movement, they should not be able to get to 10. And what this would mean, and, and, and I wasn't so into Chip's plan because to me, I, like, you know, I feel the federal government has lost and – I think we need to be doing this in the states. And we do need to be doing it in the states. Absolutely. But I think now with the trucker convoys and them falling so quickly, the bad guys, that is, we should have a trucker convoy. And I know there are some. Um, there's a few different Telegram chats out there. You know, one going from Ottawa to D.C. that is part of the plan. But what I think it needs to be connected to... So it's U.S. Convoy for Freedom is one uh, Telegram channel. I think it needs to be connected to the February 18th budget, and that needs to be the rallying cry. No funding the mandates. Defund the mandates. You cannot vote for a budget bill that has it. We will vote you out. Make that a litmus test. This is the ultimate pro-life issue. It's literally a pro-life issue. As I've been saying, this is the equivalent of them forcing our people to get an abortion. It's embarrassing that the Canadians are leading the way here. We need our own convoy to D.C. right now. And we need all the allegedly elected conservatives to join in on this. A massive defund battle. 
And the reason why that's so important, it's not that states can and shouldn't do it on their own. But to me, this is how you harness national attention. You finally get the due process, the hearings, the debate, the data, the science, the morality, the law that we didn't get before we were executed, before our civilization, our medical care, our mental health, our physical health, the future of our children was given a death sentence. March 27th, when these Republicans, every one of them betrayed us, including Trump, and embraced lockdown without any hearings. Hey, do we really need to do this? Let's have people like Zelenko down here. See, no, nothing. They embraced the most radical Great Reset at the worst levels than the Democrats did, and they passed several bills throughout the year reaffirming and rejuvenating the lockdowns. And everything that flowed out of that, including the PREP Act, the invocation of the PREP Act, Operation Warp Speed, they were responsible for all of this. This is their time to atone. Okay? Because it's not just about getting rid of the mandates. Why is Ron Johnson the only senator that that held a hearing? To actually try to give over to the public something like this. Imagine if every Republican, you would have 50 Republicans. Heck, imagine if you broke up every day, you divided the Republican caucus. I know they're never going to do this, but I want to lay the marker down what could be done just so you understand what is righteous and right at a given time. You would divide them up into five different committees, 10 Republican senators per committee, grab a big room, televise it, and each day deal with a different bucket. One day the vaccine injuries and, and ineffectiveness. One day, you know, including ADE. One day you'll have the early treatment. One day the terrible maltreatment in the hospitals. One day will be on masks and the, the other non-pharmaceutical interventions. One day will be on how the FDA, you know, on the corruption of the pharmaceutical companies and, and the origins of SARS-CoV-2 and who is, not not just where it was created, but who and what entities were behind it. What did they know and when did they know it and who knew it? Imagine if we have a, had a government shutdown going on, harnessing national attention that this is unacceptable. We need a reckoning. You shut down our lives. You shut down our schools. You shut down our breathing. You shut down our bodies. So do you think we're going to give a darn about the shutdown of some 18% non-essential federal workers? Are you kidding me? They close small businesses for life. It should be shut down anyway. We have the ultimate. We experienced the ultimate shutdown. We're going to have a reckoning on what went wrong and resolve what needs to be done and demand that we will not vote for allow the votes for the budget bill to pass unless you get rid of this stuff. The best the Democrats could do is then threaten to get rid of the filibuster on budget bills, but they would need Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema to join. So that would be the perfect thing. So then we force them, because right now they're a bunch of frauds. They play a double game, you know, when it doesn't really matter. So this would actually matter. So, hey, either you go along with them, and then you get defeated because then you'll be tarred and feathered in your states as supporting the mandates, or you have to join with us, and the Democrats will have no more leverage to get rid of the filibuster, and they're stuck. Can never get a government funding bill. That's what we need. 
That's what a sane party would do. If one guy does it from the back, he gets shouted down. One senator here, one congressman here. But I just want you to know, these are the nice things that we should have but can't have. Because the Republican Party is part of the same problem. This is what should have happened from day one. Wait a minute. Let's have a hearing. Bring down people. We really need to be doing this? Who says this is not harmful? Who says there's no better way? And how did SARS-CoV-2 even come about in the first place? What has ne- This needs an airing. Yet Republicans don't plan on doing it. Now, with Republicans joining in with destroying our country, we might not have a place to go. Thinking of buying property? Well, whether it's an investment or possibly living there, retiring there, if you do it in Panama, you're up to 10 times richer. Panama is, believe it or not, a high-income nation, not some desert third-world country. They use the U.S. dollar as its currency, yet every dollar in your bank account in Panama is worth up to 10 times more. Um, it's cheaper cost of living. Right now, as a fan of my show, you can learn more about this opportunity by getting a complete Invest and Retire in Panama series including the American's Guide to Living and Retiring in Panama, along with four free episodes. Check it out at buypanamanow.com slash conservative, 100% free. Again, buypanamanow.com slash conservative to get your copy today for those of you who uh, might need to evacuate. Because again, this is not over. This is not over by a long shot. Let's not forget it was Mitch McConnell who once said he, he, he was the floor leader Majority leader, not minority leader. I believe it was Friday, March 27th. It was either 27th or 28th when they passed that bill that doomed us, that catalyzed, that induced the entire immoral, illogical, illegal, and inhumane response, not just the lockdown, but everything that came along with it, that we are going to suspend democracy, we're going to suspend science, we're going to suspend humanity, critical thinking, That bill is what underwrote the mass formation psychosis. Mitch McConnell bragged about that being, you know, one of the finest times Um, and being on par with a World War II level of investment. Yeah, we invested in destruction. The worst piece of legislation ever passed. We've had Thomas Massey, congressman from Kentucky on. He was the one man to stand up and request a recorded vote. They manipulated the rules to shout him down. He wanted that recorded for history. He was right. Trump trashed him and supported a challenger to him. Again, I mean, anyone who tells me that you know somehow Trump is a thing, I, I it's indefensible to me. Um, I just don't get it. But Chip is Chip Roy, that is, is circulating a letter calling for this. Only forty-nine House Republicans. So less than a fifth joined in and just four Republican senators. Rand Paul, Ron Johnson, Ted Cruz, and Mike Lee. Indeed. That is why the reason we are where we are is the reason we're going to continue to be where we're going. Again, the politics, the science, the data the intellectual ammo, the amount of experts you could bring to hearings and and go and hold press conferences with them at a leadership level. You know, if you have one guy in the back, you know, the media is going to ignore it. You get the entire party doing that. People don't realize what we're missing by being disenfranchised. 
I've said this many times, the Republican Party is like antibody-dependent disease enhancement. It's like a faulty vaccine where it actually binds, it's like crappy um, antibodies that bind to the virus but don't neutralize it. But once they bind to it, they make it worse and they guide the virus as a Trojan horse into your, your, your cells. And that's what the Republican Party is. They ensure that you can have a proper immune response to communism while all the while gliding them into your cells. Look, I'd love to walk away from this as much as the next guy. I'd love to get onto other issues. But it's not going on. What I'm telling you is they're going to continue vaccinating at a minimum voluntarily, but that's but still without informed consent, given what they're doing. We still have a fourth world medical system, which, look, I mean, I am very thankful to God that at present my immediate family were all very healthy, but a lot of people have a lot of issues. And we now cannot trust their system. You know, Joe Biden just announced that he's creating a cancer cabinet. Why do you think he's doing that? Sounds very interesting. That sounds like they're trying to get ahead of something that they know is happening. If you listen to yesterday's show with uh, Dr. Uh, Stephanie Senoff, brilliant rocket scientist, oh my, is this bad. If, you know, Anyone who did not get some sort of saline or fake dud, which who knows how many people did or didn't, you get that real spike in the antibody responses and the prion disease and uh, you know the lipid nanoparticles. Man, there's a <laughs> watch out. A lot of problems there. But also, it's important to note, you know what that means? That means a cabinet of big pharma whores that are going to do and continue to do what they did with COVID on every other thing, which is foist on us dangerous treatments while denying science-based, cost-effective, proven treatments. Cancer. We know we're being lied to. Again, I don't want to act like the other side, like, you know, we're in control, God's in control, ultimately, we're not immortal and you do have to die and God's always going to have some form or several forms of predominant men killers around. But I think we all understand that if we actually applied science and compassion, there's a lot more we can do with cancer that's better than what we're doing. Um, and even before the shots, cancer did seem to be increasing a lot. And the reality is that they're going to keep this going. They're going to keep this charade going. Again, the most important cause is the right to life. Okay, that's the ultimate liberty. You cannot have life if you have a Joseph Mengele healthcare system, which is what we have in America today. This perfect, synergistic, government, corporate, venture, socialist, fascist um, system that created a monopoly, that needs to be dealt with. But everything, even education, everything was touched by it. Education is very important. We need to rethink K through 12. We certainly need to rethink higher education, the entire structure. What we fund, what we don't fund at a state level. There's a lot of issues we need to deal with. But it all gets back to this. Because this was the Great Reset, and they did succeed in it. So everything hinges upon it. Part of why it's not going away is for the same reason it was so effective. It took us two years 
to even get to this level of reawakening that we have. Two years of endless, endless information crushing every premise of the other side. And it never mattered. Colonel Dr. Robert Kadlec, K-A-D-L-E-C. He's an important figure you should know about. He was in charge of biodefense programs at DHS. But under the Trump White House, Trump administration, he was uh, Assistant Secretary of HHS for Preparedness and Response. So he was one of the top guys with the initial response to COVID. This guy was also a longtime compatriot of Fauci. If you remember when the Fauci emails were released, there's a lot of emails with him on them. In 1998, he wrote a Pentagon strategy paper that this is around the time when this whole germ warfare obsession came about. You know, look, you could trace it back, you know, go back many layers and obviously, you know, Fauci's escapades with HIV and all those funny-looking things that came out of Africa in the 1980s, you know, I think we now have a better idea of <laughs> where that was coming from. Um, you know, we were always like, yeah, it's those Africans, those backwards people doing that. <laughs> it was our own government uh, very much involved in a lot of that. Um, obviously, I know RFK deals deals with this in his book, The Real Anthony Fauci. So 1998 he, he said this, using biological weapons under the cover of an endemic or natural disease, think about that, under the cover, because that's what it was, occurrence provides an attacker the potential of, for plausible denial. Biological warfare's p- potential to create significant economic loss and subsequent political instability, coupled with plausible denial, exceeds the possibilities of any other human weapon. I want you to think about that. Now, anyone reading that is like, oh, they're thinking like like Islamic terrorists or something using that. But no. The bioterrorists at this juncture in our life are not the Islamists. It's our own government. It's our own FDA. It's big pharma. It's that whole circuitous, you know, incestuous relationship there. They are the bioterrorists. You know, today they're announcing, oh, they killed the head of ISIS in a special ops uh, uh, raid in Syria. The head of ISIS in Syria. And like, I used to be really into that stuff. I don't care. That guy doesn't affect us. That guy is not killing us with autoimmune diseases and cancers and, and ADE and making us wear, put masks on children and destroying our economy. Destroying small businesses, destroying jobs and livelihoods and dreams, human experience, ruining the final years of seniors' lives, blocking life-saving treatments, killing people in hospitals. We have bioterrorism taking place. He's right. It is the, the, the most potent weapon because it's subtle. There's plausible deniability. No one sees it. This is why everyone's like, you know, you know. Here's another thing. A lot of people like complain when we make Holocaust references and then connect it to that. All of the right wing like talkosphere, blabosphere, regurgitate sphere, they're all talking about Whoopi Goldberg. And and, and she, like she kind of like downplayed the Holocaust and and basically said, basically kind of insinuated that a Holocaust can only be against black people. You know, if it's white on white, it's not a you know look, we get it. 
She's a black supremacist. She's a communist, fascist. We, 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 we understand that. Like, I'm not into this, like, cancer cal- can- cancel culture. Well, they make our guys resign. She needs to resign. I don't care. I mean, we need to move away from that. You know, I don't want to, like, play up that, oh, this guy needs to drop out because they're doing it to us. I don't care about Whoopi Goldberg. Right? The bigger thing is that they're creating a Holocaust in our time. And yes, it is. It's bioterrorism in its worst form. It's like if Joseph Menengala had the ability to self-spread a disease and a vaccine that's also a disease throughout the entire world. Everything has its place in history. Shouldn't be downplayed. But you can't obsessively focus on like the sacred legacy of a previous genocide that you're not allowed to use its name in vain, like almost like a commandment, to not to, to, to try to confront the genocide that's here and now. But I want you to remember that quote from Dr. Robert Cadlick, one of the top people involved in this stuff, one of the earliest pioneers, pioneers in this. You look back at the paper trail of them obsessively Warning with certitude, there's going to be an outbreak. There's going to be an outbreak. Do you think anthrax was natural? Well, obviously not natural. Do you think it was Islamic? Or was it? I haven't read that much on it, but there's a lot on that. The failed anthrax vaccine killed people in the military. Our government's been into dirty stuff for a long time. This is not the China virus. This is the American communist virus. And there's many, many more in the pipeline. I could tell you, I have whistleblowers that are in different positions that are working on some of these other vaccines in the pipeline. And I'm just going to tell you, this was indeed a great reset. This is a new paradigm. And I know some of you in the audience will be like, well, the vaccines were always a problem. Even if I allow for that, which I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more open-minded to researching the past ones now, believe me. Um, I'm just telling you, it's worse than that. <laughs> you know, now this is, this is a whole different level that they've taken this to. Again, look no farther than Israel. They have four shots. They're the most shot-up place in the world. They have the highest case rate per capita. And it's not just cases anymore. They have their the most ICU per capita admissions than they've had in any other wave. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. How could Israel... Again, I'm not comparing Israel to other countries. I know people say, well, America's still always worse than Israel. Yeah, I mean, overall... Israel hasn't had as worse of a death curve just because, in many reasons, it's the median age is very young. Um, they don't have obesity there. Uh, um, Israel's life expectancy is like at eighty-four or something. It's 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 higher than in America. So you know, they're they're up there with Japan and Iceland and Norway. They're just healthier genetics, healthier lifestyles, healthier food. So they are going to always do better. Apples to apples, Israel versus Israel. Israel post-vax versus pre-vax. It doesn't make any sense, according to the official narrative. How are they worse off? And also, it's with Omicron. How do you experience your worst ICU, um, uh, you know, your ICU uh, curve 
post-vaccine with Omicron. But a Kaiser Permanente study from uh, the California, their California hospital systems uh, last month, they, they said they compared uh, 50,000 cases and they had some Delta, some Omicron. They found a 74% reduction in risk for ICU admission under Omicron versus Delta and a 91% reduction in, in mortality of Omicron versus Delta. How does Israel experience their worst death curve and their worst ICU curve with Omicron, despite the shots? Or is it not despite the shots? Is it because of the shots that it essentially made them immunocompromised and chucked their immune system so now even Omicron could become problematic for them or enough of them? Remember, as my buddy Steve Dace always says, Omicron's a control group and particularly because it started in South Africa, which is a country that is only 27% vaxxed, and I can't imagine anyone or any statistically significant number have three shots. And it was really mild. It was very mild. Why should we all of a sudden have a problem? And if you notice, it's not just Israel. If you look Every Western heavy vax country is having a problem with Omicron. Now, again, if you if you take the cases, the case fatality rate, case hospitalization, case ICU rate per the crazy number of cases, it definitely is a lot lower than Delta. But it does seem to be worse in the vaccinated countries. It, it, there's no doubt about that. Even Japan is getting... For, for them, a pretty relatively nice amount of, of uh, hospitalizations out of, out of this wave. And that's a very healthy country. Again, Israel, life expectancy is 83. South Africa, life expectancy is 64. And they have like an insane amount of people with HIV there as well. Why are they doing much better than Israel with Omicron? Because again... The clot shots aren't just clot shots. That's not the only thing they cause. They're bioweapons across the board. And I think one of the things we've learned from our guests, that a big part of it is not just like, okay, you know, things that it creates and different uh, inflammatory syndromes, but it's also the immunosuppression and the autoimmune problems. It's unbelievable to take God's immune system and just screw it up in the worst possible way. But this is why we need to remain focused. This is why we need to capture this energy in a bottle. And I'm like, this is what we always do in the so-called conservative movement. They allow the left to do damage. They respond too little, too late. And then the left, like, you know, right when it's about to reach a pressure point, the left smartly does a tactical retreat because if you can keep up your policies to the fullest extent while the anger is going on, you might really get destroyed, right? That's what a tactical retreat is all about. We need to head off that retreat, surround them, and destroy them. This is not over with. This is going to continue. But alas, we can't have nice things. And I want to give you a prime example. So I want to read to you guys one of the most illuminating yet maddening 
things you'll ever see from a Republican. But it's so maddening because it's not that this guy is the trashiest Republican around and an, a real anomaly. It's that this guy pretty much represents the thought process of almost any Republican with meaningful authority, federal level, state level, leadership, committee chair. This is what we're up against. If you want to know how we were able to have masking and schools, children masked, and the vax and this for so long in red states without any awareness, this is why. This is what we're, what I'm calling for states and the federal, you know, and the Republicans in Congress to do to use as leverage. They believe in the exact opposite. There's a man named Lonnie Paxton. He is a state senator in Oklahoma. He's a Republican. He is a committee chairman as well. Um, he, I, I believe, it's um, public safety committee. Public Safety Committee, okay? Public Safety, I want you to think about that. So he's a committee chairman in what is often considered to be the most Republican state. I believe Democrats have not won a single county perhaps since 2000 in terms of a presidential election. So Oklahoma is the epitome of a state where the left literally could not get control if you don't let them. And we should be peddled to the metal there. And it's, again, one of these states where, yeah, they never had a, a statewide mass mandate, but all the major cities did, and the schools did, and the governor quietly encouraged them to do it while bragging that he didn't have a mask mandate and saying, oh, Oklahoma's a freer state. No, it isn't. You know, again, it's all relative. It's the Overton window. This is why. So he starts off the classic throwaway line, which is why I've become so annoyed about the abortion agenda. I'm a lifelong conservative Republican and proud American. Our republic has survived in part because we the people could separate fact from fiction when engaging in political discourse. Sure, we fought along uh, familiar lines of left versus right ever since our country's founding, but these were differences of opinion. We still agreed that the sky is blue and the Constitution is the law of the land. However, today... Some elected officials want to tell you that the sky isn't blue. Now, you're saying that uh, this is the opening line of his column at the Oklahoman. Now, you would expect a guy like this to what, – what is he about to talk about if you didn't know? You would expect this to lead into, you know, we used to fight about taxes and maybe some social values. But now we literally have people that are denying treatment. They're – denying the sky is blue, they're, they're forcing vaccines when it's causing more spread, they're forcing masking when it doesn't work, they're forcing lockdowns that don't work. We now can't even agree on the sky being blue. That's where his passion is. But where? what is he referring to? Not th them, he's referring to people like you and me. Let me continue in his column in the Oklahoman. They believe they can pass bills that ignore federal Law! Law! Concerning vaccine requirements. So he legitimizes Biden's violation of the Nuremberg Code and Joseph Benangelo stuff, you know, unilaterally. They've even promised that a special session or new state laws will deliver. You don't have to be a constitutional expert to know you can't deliver the impossible. So he believes that the other side gets to do whatever they want. They could literally, according to him, the federal government could say, you know, 
every white female conservative, we're sending out a federal agent to rape them. And then we'll be like, oh my gosh, we need to you know, get, get a special session in place to prepare the state troopers to come in and arrest these guys and fight it. And he'll be like, you can't thwart a federal law. That, that's literally the mentality. There is no floor. Okay, this is, an, this is not a Massachusetts Republican. This is an Oklahoma Republican Senate Committee Chairman, Lonnie Paxton. And he goes on a whole constitutional thing so he makes us illegitimate. And then he says, no matter where they come from, the political spectrum mandates deny private businesses the ability to operate as they see fit. As they see fit. So he's going to oppose, he's saying, any effort to ban human rights violations in, in, in businesses. Really? Oh, so you oppose Title Seven of the Civil Rights Act. You oppose every OSHA and ADA Mandate. You oppose every anti-discrimination law. No, he doesn't. Oh, you opposed the cities in Oklahoma telling businesses how much capacity they could have. No, he didn't. Now, obviously, as you well know, it's not even so much from a a myopic, insane, suicidal view of federal supremacism. and It's not legalese. Deep down, it's because he believes in COVID fascism. Right, I mean, intellectually, you could separate the two, but it's because it obviously, if you were, if you really understood and agreed with what we're saying, what's going on, you wouldn't make such insane arguments. But what I'm telling you is, th- yeah, this is some sort of obscure um, column. Check it out, Lonnie Paxton, guest column at the Oklahoman. You know, he might be some some you know like obscure uh, Oklahoma state senator. But what I'm telling you is, verbatim, those are the views of Mitch McConnell. Those are the views of Kevin McCarthy. Those are the views of pretty much every governor around except for DeSantis. To some level, they believe a private business could violate human rights. I mean, literally, the, the White House is, is directly working with Spotify to, to censor people. They're censoring they're using government funding to market all this stuff. And initially, we were groomed like a, chi- like, a, like a child molester does into mandating businesses what you can do for COVID. So then they're like clapping seals. They'll follow it. It's all government. But that's the excuse they're all using. Every one of them, just so you know, with very few exceptions, every governor, every Senate and House floor leader in a supermajority Republican state and then the federal leaders in, in Congress who are going to be our much-vaunted saviors waiting for us on the other side of the midterm elections, they all believe in the same stuff. Just know that. They're not bothered by COVID fascism. There's nothing the left could do. You know, we always figured, yeah, they don't care about spending. They don't care about bankrupting us. They don't care about inflation. They don't care about, you know, just stuff that's too cerebral and intellectual for them. But if they did human rights violations, they'd, they'd all be on board. No, they're, no, they're not. Again, the Republicans are the equivalent. The Republicans to the Democrats are the equivalent of the COVID shots to SARS-CoV-2 virus. Okay? They are Trojan horses.
they accomplish for the left in red states what they can have. Because could you imagine if you had a Democrat in charge writing that in Oklahoma? He'd be thrown out right away and we would get, get better leadership. But this is hard. And to this day, there is no concerted effort with any of the people that have big megaphones, much bigger than mine, to focus on primaries, even after everything that's happened. Do you know early voting, the stupid early voting, the fact that they even have two freaking weeks of early voting in a freaking primary, early voting in the Texas primary, this is the biggest red state, governor's the most important position. So this, in many respects, is the most important election of our, our lifetime. The effort to replace Greg Abbott Early voting begins February 14th. And by the way, what's so egregious with early voting in a primary is that typically, to the, even in the rare cases where primary challengers gain traction, it's at the very end when you harness that attention. So what often happens is, You'll, you know, you know, like, look, if someone's a liberal or conservative, like, there's very few overlap. You know, if they vote for one party, there's only a small percentage that would ever consider voting for the other party, regardless of what sort of information came out in those final two, two weeks. But when it comes to a primary, you have a lot of people like, okay, reflexively, okay, there's a primary, you know, let's say they turn out maybe for some local position, but once they're there, they'll vote for governor. Oh, Greg Abbott, okay, he's the Republican. I don't want the Democrats to win. You know, the, in their mind, all they hear is Beto O'Rourke. Right, the famous Democrat running in the general against, you know, presumably if Greg Abbott would win the primary, that's all they know about. And then often it will be like in the final days is when the the challenger starts getting traction. The guy's like, oh man, I should have voted for him. It is this, it's the dumbest thing. To this day, we still have early voting in most red states. It's utterly insane, it's unconstitutional. It undermines the entire point of an election. But this is why we can't have nice things. Now, in the remaining time here, I'm just going to jump around a lot of kind of random different things. That was a bad thing. But good news from Missouri, just a little glimmer of hope, and this is something that needs to be done. Missouri health director out after conservative blowback over support of COVID vaccine. So basically, senators adjourned this week without taking up the Department of Health and Senior Services Director Don Kuroff's nomination, and he resigned because of it. Now, first of all, why is a dirtbag like this even being appointed by Republican Governor Mike Parson of Missouri? Well, that, yeah, because that's because the governor's an idiot. Super red state. Um, Mike Moon, a friend of mine, he's the senator that kind of led the charge. We had an overwhelming outpouring from the people of Missouri from all over the state, and their voices were heard. Um, he claimed he opposed mandates. You know, this uh, this director, the nominee, but he complained about the, quote, atrocious, unquote, vaccination rate of Missouri. So good. This is what needs to happen. It's no longer enough just to oppose people that say they oppose mandates because ones like that, they don't really oppose mandates. That was 12 months ago. Now this is a bio. It's like, I don't think we should force hemlock. Now there's no excuse. And on babies and toddlers, how do you not have a commitment? This is an immediate action item. Every governor has to immediately ban it in the state. But this, this is what needs to be done. The legislatures need to start going after the health directors. 
because they are bad in every single state except for Florida, where we have Ladapo. You know, even then it took, you know, halfway through the pandemic to get him. You had another guy there that was just like the rest of them. So this is very, very important. Very, very important from our end. By the way, this guy, um, this crazy guy, uh, this Missouri, you know, health director who is who is going to be nominated. He, th- this is a quote from the guy: "When we question the expertise of public health officials, that's where we cross the line." This is what we have in red states now. Thankfully, they got rid of him, but I could tell you, in almost every other state. The governor plays this double game where he half-heartedly like, picks the worst aspects of COVID fascism and kind of says, ah, we're not going to do that here, but agrees, tacitly agrees to everything else, and then quietly has his health director basically run the state as if you'd run California, Maryland, or Massachusetts, or New York. This is the double game Republicans have played the entire two years, and that's not going away, and we can't allow them to run away from it. We need a health department in a red state that's not only not a cancer, but is actually a, a, a force for good that takes over the regulatory slack of the FDA, goes after big pharma, goes after human rights violations, pushes helpful healthcare things. Look, I know some of you say, I don't, I, I, I'll trust myself. I don't need some stupid, stupid health department. But if we're going to have it flush with billions of dollars, then spend it on, on, again, use the power. Use it. So that's something to look for. Um, we also have Senate Bill 1184 and House Bill 687 in Florida. These are measures that will protect licenses and board certifications of doctors for speaking out um, you know, on the vaccine. Um, it's appalling. We only have, there's only two states, by the way. Two states. They're, they're so slow. It's like they're always a day late and a dollar short. This emergency, the lives lost as a result of it. Doctors being destroyed and fired and having their careers destroyed in red states. North Dakota and Tennessee are the only states where we even have modest bills uh, calling off the dogs from the medical boards. And even then, we don't have a single state yet that has passed a pharmacy one making sure that they could fill the prescription. There is an important federal bill I want to um, direct your attention to, and it's obviously meaningless with Republicans the minority, but it's something that should be done in all the states. H.R. 6534 from Ben Klein, a Republican from Virginia, um, banning discrimination on organ transplants. Do you understand? There's a story out. Let me find this in The Hill. Surgeons successfully transplant kidney from donor who died of COVID-19. So they used the kidney of a guy who died from COVID-19. So let, let, let me get this straight. You could use a kidney that literally was infected with COVID, but you can't give a kidney to someone that doesn't have COVID just because he didn't have the shot that makes it more likely he'll get COVID. And yet, we have this going on in red states. Okay, a couple more just quick news stories here. Um, my buddy Ben at U.S. Mortality, this is the guy that looks at excess mortality. He looked at, he did a um, uh, R-squared uh, scatter diagram co- uh, cor- correlation um, looking at the average Z-score for U.S., the 50 U.S. states based on their VAX rates. He compared quarter four 2021 to quarter four 2020. Okay, quarter four 2020 is before the vaccine, right before it. And 
the states with a higher fully vaccinated population saw, almost all of them saw an increase in all-cause mortality relative to the quarter before. Again, something doesn't make sense here. I mean, it does to us, but this is this is ironclad. Gosh, there's so much here, and I'm just looking here. Um, you know, there's a bunch of things in my stack here I want to get to. Real quick, if you live in Florida, um, again, talk about being a force for good. In the other states, the health departments are, you know, being fascist. In Florida, they're allowing people to report any business violating the medical freedom law, you know, if they're kind of discriminating against people for not getting the shot, saying you have to test every day when really you shouldn't have to test every day. That was an option. Um, and they discriminate, you could email them at vaxpassfreefl. So it's V-A-X-P-A-S-S free, F-R-E-E-F-L as in Florida, at health.gov. Um, so that is an important place to look. Um, one more thing I just want to end off with. When you talk about a Holocaust, when you talk about how insidious, Daniel, I can't believe you would, I can't believe this could happen. I can't believe this is true. This is from Axios, right out in the open, right out in the open. And darn, I lost it here. Oh, here, here we go. Gilead Sciences netted $5.6 billion in sales last year from its COVID-19 treatment, Remdesivir, which is sold as Veclery. That's the brand name. Gilead likely reached the pinnacle of Veclery sales as the giant, drug giant expects $2 billion of Veclery sales this year due to a step-down in hospitalization rates. Gilead's gross profit margin on Veclery still hovers north of 90%. Since the pandemic started, this is Gil- this is Axia. Since the pandemic started, Gilead has collected more than eight billion from an IV drug that has received billions of dollars in federal taxpayer funding, and has modest benefits at best for COVID patients. That's Axia saying it. This thing causes kidney crystals crystals to build in the kidney that eat away the kidney, liver toxicity, and and pancreatic necrosis. Takes out three organs. Certainly doesn't work. $8 billion funded by taxpayers. Folks, um, I think a private hospital should be able to do what they want. And No, okay? This is all coming from government. You want to have a free market, then let's have a full free market. But until we can get that in place, we're not going to play on their playing field with our sort of referees. We're going to use their referee game, you know, play play calls. We're going to, hey, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. There is a need in all the state legislatures to hold endless hearings, but not just to, the, to, 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 no, to nowhere, but based on that, to come up with their own regulatory structure to green light drugs that are being blocked by the feds or being discouraged by the feds, and to offer informed consent at a very minimum on the ones the feds are pushing that are poison. Do you understand? To this day, there is no effort 
to even look at it. It's, it's Everyone laughs and sneers at it. Everyone knows. The vaccine, there's like an idolatry, but it's the same thing. It's just that remdesivir is too off the beaten path. So there's no like kind of preconceived view on it. So people view it logically like, yeah, the thing doesn't work. I mean, they don't talk as much about how it kills people. We spent $8 billion on it. Okay, the notion that the government wouldn't do that with the vaccines, pay off big pharma for something that causes more harm than good, and you don't even start to investigate, hey, like, okay, we were desperate, we tried it, didn't work, caused people to die rapidly, like maybe we ought to get off of it. The only reason they say it's waning is because, you know, the presumption is COVID's going to kind of burn out. But if it wouldn't, they would continue this till, till the end of time. 3000 bucks a pop, baby. You can't move on from that degree of corruption. You understand what that story alone represents is something so powerful. Okay, we're going to end some of the mandates, okay? Democrats are scared of the election. Republicans don't want to fight. They want to rely on the courts like this guy, Lonnie Paxton. He said in his piece there, by the way, we need to leave it to the courts. It's none of it's none of our it's not the legislature's business. It's the courts. Okay, it's their business to deal with the genocide. This is the mentality. You need to go up to your state legislator and say, if you don't want to be a legislator, resign. If you think everything is someone else's prerogative, rather than the legislative body the closest to the people, which everything is in your jurisdiction and should be, resign. But this is what we need. We need a knockdown, drag out. 50-state fight, you know, not going to succeed in the blue states. But also at a federal level, remember, don't let them get away with that. Don't blame it on the Democrats. They need 10 Republican senators to fund this budget. Now is the time to do it. You'd be like, oh, Daniel, we couldn't block it two years ago. Too scared. Everyone's scared of the virus. Look, you're admitting that Democrats are on the ropes. Why let them off? Now is the time to get on them and do the ground and pound. Now's the time to beat them until, you know, they have their own organ failure. Um, their party, that is. Beat their party down. Beat their movement down. You have to rip it out root and branch. Because when you don't do that, guess what? It just grows back bigger and stronger. I think we all remember the precursor to this was Obamacare. Okay, that created the monopoly that one day they actually needed Obamacare in order to do this. Because if you just look in general, the percentage of doctors who are independent now versus a decade ago, it's insane. And, and the lack of independence is what allowed them to catalyze this where the entire medical profession, everyone trusts their doctor, at least initially did, so got them into lockdowns, into mass, into the clot shots, into denial of treatment, into using insane treatments. All of that was because of the government monopoly of healthcare. Remember Mitch McConnell promised, root and branch, I'm going to repeal it, root and branch, and that was a lie. They just tinkered with it. Well, just know that is the Republican plan for COVID fascism, per a permanent biomedical state. Remember, it's a very subtle but potent weapon. It's a weapon that exceeds the possibilities of any other human weapon. Bioterrorism mixed with biofascism, mixed with fear, panic, shame, groupthink, 
peer pressure, the worst elements of humanity. We are not done with that. That has not been cured. We need a vaccine. We need to immunize ourselves from that. And the only way to do that is to have a multi-pronged approach, both legally and politically and culturally everywhere, to destroy pharma, make it that any Republican that doesn't denounce Pfizer is worse off than a Republican that's in bed with Planned Parenthood, to make it that we have constitutional amendments in every state affirming a permanent ban on any forced medical device procedure injection. We need all my bills dealing with medical freedom, patient bill of rights. I'm glad to hear the Florida governor was talking about that, but again, we got to get on that soon. So you have your marching orders. We need to do this in all the states. Again, these are the things to focus on. Tomorrow we'll have hopefully a special guest on as well. Send me your comments, questions, concerns, um, what you feel is a big story. A lot of you are very helpful sending me um, important things I might have missed. Um, I do want to end off with a programming note before, not a programming note, more of a public service. So um, I found out that our buddies at Seven Cells Pharmacy, they have some more products available. Now, look, you have to do your own research, but they have two products that they're selling that they feel are helpful. So they have a low-cost treatment packet. So they have their higher-cost one, but a lower-cost one, which is um, 20 tablets of hydroxychloroquine, Medrol, which is methylprednisolone, the best steroid, and then vitamin 50,000 IUs of vitamin D. It's actually D2. It's um, ergocalciferol. I think it's the plant-based one. I don't know why they're using that. They feel that that's better kind of long-term. Um, but the point is, uh, a lot of people are asking me where to get hydroxy. Um, so that entire thing is $50 plus shipping. My promo code, Daniel, still works, I believe, for 10% off. And by the way, the price does include the, the prescriber consultation. So you know, with the other products, if you want to buy ivermectin, which you still can, there's like maybe a $30 prescriber cost because you need someone to prescribe. Here, it's part of the package, so $50 plus shipping. Um, also, and I'm not trying to sell this to you. Um, I'm just trying to give you multiple options. We, you know, we have different paid sponsors, different things I'm just aware of. Um, they have a long-haul COVID treatment pack as well. Um, for those suffering symptoms after three weeks, they have two MIGs per kg ivermectin based on your weight, 28 pills worth of that to take twice a day for 14 days. They have nitazoxanide, 28 pills, and then a Medrol dose pack, and then the vitamin, T, vitamin D2, 50,000 IUs, because you, you could typically only get about 5,000. Sometimes you get 10,000 over the counter. You can't, the 50,000 is prescription. That is $450. Um, but, you know, again, 10% off with promo code Daniel. But the thing about that is you get 28 pills of nitazoxanide. Nitazoxanide, unfortunately, is expensive. But if you look at the deal, it's much better than their standard nitazoxanide cost. If you buy nitazoxanide from them standalone, it's a much higher um, cost. Um, nitazoxanide really is very promising. Um, I've, I've heard good things from people who have used it uh, for Omicron, for the, for the flu even. Um, long haul COVID. Uh, this is their research. They believe it works for that. 
Um, so this is what their doctors and pharmac- pharmacists are are working on. Maybe next week we'll get Tim back on. If you want to email me um, any of your, you know, dhorowitz at blazemedia.com, danielhorowitz at startmail.com. If you want to email me any questions you have for Tim, Tim's really an expert in pharmacology. He's not a doctor, but he's a, he's a really smart pharmacist. So maybe we'll get him back on the show next week to just answer some of the things about seven cells and just some of the treatment things they're looking at. Um, so, you know, they didn't have hydroxy until now. They, it, I don't know if they're offering it as a standalone. They're offering as a part of that packet, which is a pretty good deal. Now, look, I'm just giving you, you know, we have um, multiple things. We have Dr. Hyder's outlet. He's a paid sponsor of mine. Each one has their own strength and weakness, okay? So, you know, obviously... India is going to be cheaper than seven cells, but I can't find a better deal um, in America than seven cells. And I don't know what to think about the purity and heavy metals. I I don't know. I I don't know. I I was a little bit taken aback when Dr. Flavio, we were talking about ivermectin, like maybe it's not as strong as it was, you know, against the original strain. And he's like, yeah, I don't know what, what, what potency you have there. And that kind of concerned me. Like, is there a difference? Is the India stuff not as good? I don't know. I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to sell you. I'm going through this thought process as well. But what I can tell you is that they stand behind their product. They absolutely test everything. It's the best potency and um, purity that you're going to get. And it's something that it's a compounder. They compound it themselves. And that's what he says costs all the costs so much money. They'd love to make it cheaper. Um, they'll obviously tell you that India stuff is garbage. I don't know. It could be it's fine, um, but I do know their stuff is guaranteed. So, you know, I'm just telling you, like, what I've been doing is I have a certain amount from seven cells. Like, you can't like, can't afford to stock up an insane amount from there because it will go into the thousands. But to get the stuff that you're really going to, th- you know, when you really think you have it on the spot, you really think you need it, and then more of a generalized you know, war chest um, from some of these cheaper places. But just remember, in America, remember, you do need a prescription. So where are you going to get the prescription from? And then where are you going to get... So, you know, there are, you do have Push Health. I think they do ivermectin, and they, they get it to you pretty quickly. Um, but here they have multiple things. The 50,000 IUs, the methylprednisolone, now hydroxychloroquine, and they have... And they're really the only ones in America with nidazoxanide. Um, it's still expensive, but it's not a thousand bucks like it is elsewhere. It's, it's, it's a travesty. And this is something states need to work on. Um, it has such broad action against viruses. And as we head into the abyss with a uh, bio weapon terror, this is something you're really going to want. Um, and it's safety profile is actually even more robust than, than ivermectin. So, Again, do what you want, 7cells.com. It's spelled out S-E-V-E-N, not the number. Um, my promo code Daniel does work for these products, um, these new treatment packs. So check it out. You know, you could buy things individually, but they offer much better rates if you buy one of their packets. Um, but but again, different things work for different people in different timing. Um, you know, it, it will usually take five days or so. So you don't, you know, you can't rely rely on that. If you currently have COVID, this is to stock up. They 
they, they promise me they will be up in most of the 50 states soon, but there are still about 10 or so states you have to look on their F&Q page that they don't ship to. You could still order it, but you'd have to find a P.O. box, a friend somewhere else to ship it to, and then have them ship it to you. So it would take a few days longer. Um, Texas was a big, important one. We have a huge audience in Texas. Texas, they told me, is absolutely up, so you could have it shipped to there. Again, I'm just trying to help with this. Um, you know, there's there's different each each there's several different vendors to get things from. Each one has their strength and weakness based on costs and purity and guaranteed product and uh, you know several different type of products. The best thing to do is to have a sane doctor and a sane pharmacy. But you know, this is the world we live in. I'm trying to work on fixing that so we don't have to do this roundabout insanity. But it is what it is. Life, liberty, property, life comes first. And that's what we're all about. Please, I, I thank you so much for giving me the five-star ratings and the comments. You have to leave a comment for iTunes to recognize it. It really is boosting the show. This way we can get this information out to more people because if they're not listening to me, you know who they're listening to. They're going to be listening to the Teletubbies, the very unhelpful soap opera type of political shows that really don't help move the ball forward we are all about outcomes 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 discernible policy outcomes and that's what this is all about don't let them go don't feast on superficiality don't feast upon talking points demand change demand results and we will be here 